0: Hey, nearly three years ago, I brought this message to you, and I plan to do so again probably every two or three years. A few changes here and there, change the title up a little bit, but overall the same. You say, why is that? It is that important. Today's message has the potential, if learned and practiced, to revolutionize everything for you. Practice it, and scripture comes alive. Practice it and prayers have a life of their own. Practice it and you'll see people differently. Practice it and you will avoid some painful situations. Practice it and certain doors will be opened for you and other doors close and you'll be so glad they are closed. Now for a few of you, today's material will be new and the concept challenging because you've never considered what I'm sharing. A few others of you. This will be a wonderful reminder, especially after these last couple of difficult years with the pandemic and all the closures and the stress, stress associated with it. So I want us to begin a little bit differently today. I just want us, before I jump into this message, to just pray, and then we'll jump in. Let's pray. Father, thank you for allowing us to open Scripture today, open our hearts, open our minds, and allow you to speak to us. My prayer is that the truth of today's message will get into our hearts and into every single part of our life, and the truth, as it works its way through us, will set us free. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. At one point, the great Saint Augustine, who lived between 354 and 430 AD, one of the most influential Christians of all times, He recalls a strange occurrence in his life. It happened during a period of his young adult life when he was especially troubled and distressed. He heard from a neighboring house what sounded like a voice chanting, take and read, take and read. He could not remember any children's games with these words, so he got up and interpreted the voice as a command from God to open the Bible and read the first chapter he could find. Immediately, he came upon Romans 13. As he began to read, his distraught condition was immediately transformed, and one of the greatest and most influential Christians of all times entered into the kingdom of heavens. What do you think? Is that possible? Does God speak to one man Like that. Several years ago, about 15 members of our Ecuador outreach team had the unique opportunity to visit a rehab center in the city of Guayaquil. Before we arrived, I asked the director if a few of the guys in the rehab center would share their stories with our team. I wanted our team to hear how many of these guys came to the rehab center, some of the conditions that they had been facing prior to coming. Uh, you know, to the center and how God had revolutionized their lives. The director of the center was excited. One of the guys, by the name of Luis, he's the guy in the purple outfit to the right on that picture. He immediately jumped up and said, I want to share my story. And he recalled becoming addicted to drugs at a young age and how drugs overpowered his life. He lost his appetite for food, he began to steal from his neighbors, he stole from his parents, he stole from anybody he could to support his drug habit. He lost weight, his hair grew out almost to his waist, his skin became dry and cracked, he had dark circles under his eyes. The people in his neighborhood and other addicts referred to him as the Crispy Clown because of the way he looked. Scars all over his body from where he had been shot and stabbed. Eventually, Luis knew he was dying. Unless something radically happened, life was over for him. Soon his parents would find him dead in the street or in a back alley like so many other addicts throughout Guayaquil would be found. He heard the gospel of Jesus presented, he had, people had invited him to church, and as a kid he heard the gospel, as a young adult he heard the gospel, but it really never captured his heart. It seemed boring, it seemed impractical, and not something in which, or to which he wanted to dedicate his entire life. But now Luis was dying. So one day, strung out on drugs, he began to hear a voice call his name, like St. Augustine 15 years earlier. Luis, Luis. He thought the drugs had finally taken their toll on his mind and he was losing his sanity. But he kept hearing the voice Luis, Luis. Out of wonder and fear, he thought, Could this be God? I mean, is it possible? So he cried out, God, if you are there, if this is you speaking to me, you have to change me. I'm dying. I have no hope. Show me yourself. And suddenly he knew in the core of his being he was supposed to go home. He hadn't been home in a while. So he got up from where he was and he went home. And when he walked in the door, the voice said, go over, pick up the book, and read it. He walked over to the shelf, picked up the Bible, and began reading it. Immediately he surrendered his life to Jesus and in that moment began to walk free from drugs and today serves as the pastor for the other guys in the rehab center. St. Augustine and Louise. Now, depending on your worldview, you either believe St. Augustine's story or you don't. You either believe Louise's story or you toss it out as a lie or a delusion. But I want you to consider this: After St. Augustine experienced this moment, everything in his life changed. And St. Augustine is one of the most intelligent and reasonable people to have ever lived. He wrote over 100 books and served as a professor of rhetoric for nine years at a local university. I spoke with Luis. I'm friends with him on Facebook. I watch what God is doing in his life and what's happening in the city and the people in which, to which he has given his life and works with them. And it's, it's undeniable. I mean, he's alive today. He's He's drug-free. He's a leader for the other drug rehab residents, and he's filled with joy today. So here's my question as we begin this message. Is that possible? Is it possible God spoke to these two men 1,500 years apart? What do you think? Is it possible God broke through St. Augustine's atmosphere and pulled this intelligent, passionate man up from the depths of despair? Could it be that the God of the universe cracked open Luis's world and spoke to a poor, broken, virtually forgotten drug addict in Ecuador? Is it possible? If so, if what I've said is true, if God speaks that specifically and that powerfully to people today, You ever wonder, God, why you don't speak to me? I mean, some of you are sitting here and you're going, I tell you what, if God speaks like that, I sure could use a word right now. Because if you're honest, you got a job situation in front of you and you're not sure which way to go. You've got a physical issue going on in your life and you really need God to intervene. You've got a loan, you've got a marital issue, you've got something happening. You're struggling with depression today. You're where St. Augustine was so many years ago. You're in despair. Maybe you're struggling with finances or your grandchildren or your parents. I don't know. But you really need God to speak into your world right now. Well, Here's what I want you to know. As we move into this message, I want to give you three huge truths, three realities that if you are a follower of Jesus, I want you to believe from the depths of your soul. In fact, I want it to go beyond just belief. I want you to know this. I want this to become absolute truth to you. And here they are. The first one is God continually speaks. In fact, every single moment, God's voice is pouring forth throughout the entire universe. Here's what one of the Psalms says, The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. They speak without a sound or word, meaning that it's not audible coming to you in your specific language, but yet he is speaking. They speak without sound or word. Their voice is never heard in your literal ear, yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. So what we know is that God continually speaks. The second truth is that most of us do not recognize his voice. We've never learned to perceive the voice of God. And the third truth is we need help to do so. Now, before we go any further, maybe you wonder why does it matter? I mean really, Scott, I've got a lot of things going on in my life. I you know, I've got family issues, I've got work, I've got a career I'm trying to get off the ground or trying to wrap up and retire in the next few years. I mean, you know, it's not like I'm going to really understand what God's saying anyway. I mean, I got a lot of voices in my head. How in the world am I going to discern God's voice among all the other voices? By the way, I, I don't know that God would choose me to speak to. I mean, sure, he spoke to St. Augustine. He's spoken to other people throughout the centuries. Yeah, he spoke to Luis. I mean, the guy was dying, but I'm just an average mom trying to you know, make ends meet every day. I'm, I'm just a guy that goes to work every day, tries to take care of my family. I don't know that God would necessarily speak to me. By the way, I'm, I don't know that I'm too spiritually healthy. I mean, I'd, I imagine there's a lot of other people God could choose to speak to, not just me. Hey, I understand. But listen to me very carefully. If you and I do not learn to hear God, If we do not groom our ability to listen and respond to God's voice in our lives, we will continue, we will become, I should say, another educated but ineffective religious person. And we got a bunch of those. Just another person sitting on a row in church every weekend, learning more about the Bible, another person who has all the correct answers to all the wrong questions. It's why Jesus said, in Matthew 5:20 that unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of the of the religious law and the Pharisees you will never enter the kingdom of heaven He's not saying that unless your behavior is better. He's not saying that unless you somehow are more, quote, unquote, holy. He's not saying that unless you go to church more than the Pharisees and teachers of the law or that you give more money than the Pharisees and teachers. That's not what he's saying. He's saying unless your righteousness, the quality of your righteousness is better than the quality of theirs. They they knew Scripture, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law could quote the Old Testament verbatim. They understood the ins and outs of the law of Moses and all the different prophets of the Old Testament. In fact, they could debate Jesus and, and they could quote Scripture in verse just like he could. They were educated in the religious things. And Jesus comes along and says, unless your righteousness exceeds or is better than their righteousness, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. And when he says the kingdom of heaven, he is not talking about salvation here. He's talking about entering into the eternal kind of living right now, the kingdom of heaven now. He's talking about moving from just mere duty to love. Unless your righteousness is better quality than the righteousness of these professional religious people around you, you will never enter into the kind of life I want you to live. That starts right now, not after you die, right now. The kingdom of heaven is here and you begin to live in it now. And see, I want more for you, Forest Park, than for you to just to come sit and learn another verse. I want more for you than for you to just come and sit and learn a new song or know when to lift your hands or put some money in the offering when the basket comes by or say amen at the right time. I want more for you then just become more educated and miss out on transformation. And that's dependent on you and I moving away from merely doing what we're told to do and moving into a life of relationship with Jesus and his followers and begin to live in the present kingdom of heaven in the here and now. And all of that depends on us learning to hear God speak And listening to his voice and responding to him when he does. One of my distant mentors who's passed on from now, Dallas Willard, he said this quote and I love it. He said, people are meant to live in an ongoing conversation with God, speaking and being spoken to. Prayer is supposed to be a two-way street. It is not just us telling God all our problems. And asking him to intervene and then us getting up and going on with our life. Most of us, when we finish prayer, are not necessarily expecting God to speak to us. And I want us to move away from that level of living. I want us to move away from just throwing up our problems to God, hopeful that he hears us somewhere out there, and then us just going on with life, and we wait to see if anything ever changes in our life. Very similar to some kind of magic spell or rubbing the, you know, the, the genie in the bottle or carrying a rabbit's foot, and you're just hopeful something good will happen since you kind of put it out there in the universe. I want so much more for you than that. Now, folks, either, either we know this what I'm talking about, or we don't. Either we believe God can and does speak to us, and we can and do speak with him, or we don't. And what we believe and practice changes everything. Do you know God's speaking was common in the New Testament? Throughout the month of October, and we're kind of ending it obviously today, the last Sunday in October, the whole month of October, we've been talking about the New Testament church and what the New Testament church was like and trying to return as much as we can to the way the New Testament church functioned and carried out the gospel and loved people and community. Do you realize that in the New Testament church, God speaking to those who followed Jesus was common, common. In fact, it started out by God showing up wrapped in flesh in the form of Jesus. Jesus is all of God in bodily form. God, Jesus, eats with people, talks with people, laughs with people, cries with people, sleeps beside people. God communicating all the time through the Gospels. After the resurrection of Jesus, Jesus shows up to Paul and reveals his calling and his will for Paul's life. Jesus appears to Peter in a vision and expands Peter's understanding of the gospel and how to love and and take the goodness of God to the Gentiles. Hearing from God was not a shocking occurrence in the New Testament church. It was an expectation. The early followers of Jesus recorded in the book of Acts seemed to expect that God would speak. When they prayed, they expected that God would talk to them. They would listen, they would respond, and they would move out and do what it is that God had called them to do. There were certain doors he opened for them, they walked through. There were certain doors he closed and they didn't walk through. They waited to to sense, to feel, to know what God wanted them to do in their life. God spoke to me. Sounds weird today. God spoke to me. Sounded normal in the New Testament. Who changed? You know, I learned this early in my journey with Jesus. There are many things I didn't learn early in my journey, and I've had to learn later in life. There are many things that I had to give up and relearn because I learned them incorrectly. But one of the things that I value about my childhood is this principle of learning that Jesus speaks to us. And I learned it from my grandmother My grandmother often shared with me. I would go to her house a lot. And one of the reasons I spent so much time with my grandmother is because I didn't have a father figure in my life. We moved so much. I didn't have, you know, a lot of best friends. I didn't have brothers or sisters. I was an only child. But my grandmother was always around. Even where we moved, she still ended up somewhere close by. And I would go and spend the night with her on Friday evenings. And I would often stay with her most of Saturday. And we would go to church together. And I would sit beside her in church when I was very little. And she just, part of my life ever since I was a small child until I left to go to college and got married and still kept a relationship with her even after that as much as I could. But my grandmother would often share with me every single time I went to her house. She would talk to me about God talking with her. There there was never a time I went to her house when she didn't say at one point or another, you know, Scotty, she always called me Scotty, you know, Scotty, I've been reading my Bible this morning and I've been praying and, and God and I had the best time together. She would say, people wouldn't believe the conversations God and I have when we're alone in this house. She says, I talk to him and he talks with me. And you know what? I wouldn't change that for the world. You know, that has an impact on a child. That has an impact when you listen to the person you love and you respect so much talk to you about talking with God and God talking with them. I guess it's because kids haven't learned to be so cynical. Kids haven't learned yet to doubt everything and to reason away everything, but they're, they're open-hearted and open-minded enough that they consider the possibility that maybe everything we see Is not everything there is. And it had a great impact in my life as a young child. And as I got older and I began to develop my own time of prayer, I began to believe that when I prayed, God would speak. And what's amazing to me is that this should not be exceptional. You see, hearing God is normal, not hearing God is abnormal. Maybe it's not us who live in the upside world and they live on the downside, but maybe it's the other way. Maybe it's they live in the upside world and we're the ones who don't hear, who don't believe, who don't think that it's true. Maybe it's because we're living on the shadow side. Let's return to the three points I made earlier. God continually speaks. Most of us do not recognize his voice and we need help to do so. Here's what I want to do for the balance of this message. There's a story in the Old Testament that I think sets this whole thing up and speaks to us perfectly, okay? It's found in the book of 1 Samuel, and when you get a chance to read this entire story and read it in detail, do so, all right? 1 Samuel 3 is where it's found, and there are two characters in this story that I want to call your attention to. The first one is Eli. Eli is the high priest. And then there's Samuel, his apprentice. All right? This is beginning, 1 Samuel 3, beginning at verse 1. Now, some of you will look through first, you'll try to find 1 Samuel the whole time I'm telling the story. All right? So if if, if you don't know where it is, you can't get to it, just listen to me. It's there. Trust me. When you get home, you can confirm everything that I said. Okay? Here's how it begins. Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very Now let's stop right there for a moment. There are times throughout history when it seems as if God's voice to his people is a rare occurrence. It's not because God isn't speaking, it's because the people aren't listening. And I wonder sometimes if this is not kind of where we are today. We're so wrapped up in so many other things. Our, Our life is so noisy We pack every single moment we possibly can with a TV show or our phone or a computer or more technology somewhere. Or we just want to be around a bunch of people all the time. Folks, I'm not dissing that. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not cursing it. We live in a technologically rich world. Those are wonderful things to have. I'm just saying I wonder sometimes if we don't pack our life full with so much noise that the voice of the Lord is rare in our life. It says, and visions were quite uncommon. This is how this this story gets set up. The voice of God, rare, visions, uncommon. It's kind of where we are today. Verse 2 says, and one night Eli, Eli's the high priest, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. And Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. In verse 4, suddenly, I love how that says, suddenly, suddenly. God's voice is often sudden. You're just moving through life. You're just doing your thing. And sometimes God just speaks to you. And suddenly, God's voice is often sudden. Suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied. What is it? He didn't know it was God. He thought it was Eli. So he goes to Eli and says, here I am. He wakes Eli up and says, here here I am. Did, Did you call me? God is speaking to Samuel, but he doesn't know it. He doesn't know it. The, the, the second point, we, we often don't recognize God's voice. That's right, there's three points. Most of us do not recognize his voice. Samuel did not recognize God's voice. He thought it was Eli. I didn't call you, Eli said. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again. Samuel, again Samuel got up and went to Eli. here, here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. Verse 7 says this. Eli did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So you've got Eli who understands that God speaks, and you've got Samuel who has not yet received a word from the Lord yet. And he doesn't recognize God's voice speaking to him And Eli has to teach him how to recognize God's voice. We need mentors in our life, people who can disciple us and show us what it means to to, to discern the voice of God and to be, be careful when God is speaking to us and walk that out and obey it. We need people in our life like Eli who can help us understand God's voice. God's always speaking. We often do not recognize it. We need help to do so. So the Lord called a third time. Voice of God over and over and over again. This is the third time. And once more, Samuel got up and went to Eli. By this moment, you can imagine he's a little frustrated. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. Verse 9. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. Here's Eli teaching Samuel. How to recognize God's voice. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. And the Lord came and called as before. This is the fourth time. Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. Now Samuel knows what to do. Samuel had been hearing God's voice several times, but did not know how to respond to it. Eli had to teach him how to respond. Is it possible God has been speaking into your life on several occasions, but you didn't know it was him? You didn't understand how to respond, and someone has to teach you to listen and recognize the voice of God. God is always speaking. We often do not recognize it, and we need help to do so. So what about us? What about us? First, we have got to know that we know that we know God speaks. If we do not know that, then we must abandon any reality of an actual relationship with him. Because, folks, in other words, if we do not believe God speaks to us, then we might as well stop believing we have any kind of real relationship with God. Because how can one person have any relationship with any other person when there is no communication between those two people? So we either got to accept the reality of God speaking and resolve to develop the ability to hear his voice, understand his voice, and respond to his voice in our life, or we might as well give up the whole thing and say, well, God doesn't speak. Now it is possible that some of you are sitting here or somebody's watching online, and when this service is over, you're going to go, you know what, that guy is wacky. He actually believes that God speaks to us today? I mean, that's just crazy talk. Well, let me let let you in a little secret that maybe you haven't thought about. We not only believe that God speaks, we believe God came back from the dead. You see, if you accept the resurrection that Christ died, was placed in a tomb, and called himself out of the tomb, and got up and walked out, If you actually believe that he came in human form and was placed in the womb of Mary and came out of that woman as a human being and lived and died, we believe a lot of wacky things. So if you believe that he was born and lived and died and was resurrected, I don't think it's a real far stretch at all to believe he could also speak to us. But it's funny how we accept some of the big things And throw out the little things. Well, yeah, I believe he came back from the dead. But I don't believe he could speak to me. Sure, I believe he was born and lived. But I I don't think that he could also tell me and give me direction about where to go in my life or what to do. Really? I say we buy all of it or throw it all out. Let's not pick and choose. Either he's alive and can speak or he doesn't and he isn't. Here's one huge thought, and we're going to close. God speaks in many ways. Many ways. Do not restrict or limit how God speaks to you. Do not assume God will speak to you through this and that means only. He can speak to you a variety of different ways. God could use anything to speak to you and to get to you if you are perceptive. Here are just a few examples. In Numbers 22... God opens the mouth of a donkey and gives the donkey an ability to express its thoughts through words. Can you imagine if when you go home today, your dog tells you, I'm hungry, can you please get me something to eat? And would you change my water? It's really dirty and I need some fresh water if you don't mind. If your dog could somehow open its mouth and begin to speak, what secrets would it reveal about you? Aren't you glad your pet doesn't talk? God opened the mouth of a donkey. Some of you are like, I don't even understand my husband, let alone a donkey. That's just unbelievable. I wish you would just let me help me understand what my wife is trying to say. God can, I'm not, please do not go home and sit in front of your dog and say, Scott said that God could make you talk, so you, know, you might need a therapist. But anyway, the point of it is, is that God at one point in scripture did open the mouth of a donkey. In 1 Kings 19, there was a great strong wind and Elijah thought maybe God was speaking to him through the wind, but God didn't speak through the wind. Then there was an earthquake and Elijah thought maybe God was speaking through the earthquake. But God didn't speak through the earthquake. Then there was a fire. And Elijah thought that God was speaking through the fire. But he didn't speak through the fire. And then after the earthquake and after the wind and after the fire, then God spoke through a still, small voice. In the New Testament, Peter goes up onto a roof to pray. And God shows up to Peter in a vision. Let's down the sheep with animals and told Peter that all that God had created was clean. And Peter had to argue back and forth with God because he didn't believe what God was saying. And he, sh- he struggled with this vision that he was having, but God spoke to him through a vision. Paul, on his way to Damascus, Jesus appears to him and asks direct questions of Paul. And Paul interacts with Jesus as two people having a conversation. So c- God speaks to us in many forms. And in many ways, do not restrict him. It's not that God isn't speaking. It's that we have not built the ability to recognize his voice. So don't don't say, well, God only speaks through the Bible. Don't say God only speaks through prayer or God only speaks through sermons or God only speaks through whatever, you fill in the blank. Don't say that. God can speak to us through a donkey. He can speak to us through the wind. He can speak to us through an earthquake. He can speak to us through a movie. He can speak to a song. He can speak to us through nature. He can speak to us through your spouse. He can speak to us through our kids. Come on, parents. Has God ever used your kid to say something to you? God can speak in some of the most interesting and unique ways. But we don't realize, we don't recognize it's God. There have been times that I've been reading a book that would not necessarily be considered spiritual or Christian, just filled with truth and filled with amazing things. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, that sentence, that paragraph, that concept just, I mean, just answered questions I had. Is it possible that God used this author to speak to me something I needed to know? you have any idea how many times I've listened to a song and all of a sudden I just felt raptured in that moment into God's presence? How many times I've been sitting here and and listening to someone speak or at another church and I've heard questions answered that I've been battling and scriptures come out that I've never even, it was like perfect for what I was going through. I've had people in the lobby tell me or email me and say, Scott, it sounds like you were listening to a conversation I had this week. Why why do we write that off as just coincidental or why why can't we say God spoke to us? Why are we so afraid? Why are we so timid? Well, there's a lot of crazy people and people say God tells them. Of course, there's always going to be that. There's a lot of crazy, terrible restaurants, but we still go, don't we? There's a lot of stupid movies. We still watch them. There's a lot of dumb songs, but we still listen to great songs. That's part of life. People are crazy sometimes. People do get all mixed up in their emotions. You don't ha- every single time someone says God said, that doesn't mean that he did. That's part. Of it means to follow Christ and to learn and to grow and to discern and have the Spirit of God in our life. And that's why we study and we come and we learn and we grow together. But don't write it all off simply because some wacky person said something that was crazy one time. There's always going to have that. Lynn and I have been together for most of our lives. 31 years married, 32 years, I guess, together. And she speaks to me through her voice, through the phone, through Facebook, through email, through texting. And she speaks to me through her looks, her body language, voice inflections, silence. Gentlemen, has your wife ever spoken to you through Silence. Ladies, has your husband ever spoken to you through silence? And a hundred other ways that I'm probably not even aware of she tries to speak to me. One of the hardest things is when I'm trying to figure out what she's saying while she's sitting out there and I'm up here speaking. (laughs) What is she saying to me? She's looking at me. Something's wrong. Do I have something on my face? You develop intimacy with people and you can pick up cues. Same thing with God. You can develop a relationship with God so much so that you can be in an environment and know that's not where you need to be. You can have a conversation with someone and know in that moment, this is a conversation I need to walk away from. Or I need to say something right here. You can be getting ready to purchase something, sign your name to something and just sense and just know this is not what I need to do. Or an opportunity could come your way and you're like, that is what I should do. You can't really say it. You don't don't know how to explain it, but you just know that you know. You're you're picking up cues because you have a relationship. God wants to communicate with you in a way you can hear and understand, and he will when we develop an ability to hear and understand. So how? 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 One thing right now, and then I'm going to pray, okay? Back to Samuel real quick. How did Eli tell Samuel to respond when he heard a voice, he said, say this, speak, your servant is listening. So let me, let me make that um, kind of updated today, okay? I'm here. Speak to me. When you get up in the morning, you get dressed, you get ready to school, you get ready to go to work, whatever, find the time to just pause and say, I'm here, God. Please speak to me. Before you you walk into your office, before you get ready to launch into all the work you have to do, just pause and say, God, I'm here. Please speak to me. As you read scripture, as you open scripture, maybe you just take 15 minutes in the morning or something and you're reading a passage or you're working your way through something. Just, Just before you ever begin to read, just say, God, I'm here. Please speak to me. When you get ready to pray, God, I'm here. Please speak to me. Before you go to bed, God, I'm here. Speak to me throughout the night. When you walk into Forest Park and you're getting ready to participate in the singing or you're getting ready to listen to a message, God, I'm here. Please speak to me. When you sit on your deck and you watch the sunrise or you watch the sunset, God, I'm here. Speak to me. When you're at the beach, God, I'm here. Speak to me. In every single moment of every day, learn to develop this sense of, God, I'm here. Speak to me. Develop that habit and listen intently. And God will speak. I have no doubt because he continually speaks. It's just that we don't recognize his voice and we need help to do so. Let's pray. Father, here we are. Speak to us. Our life is so often filled with noise. We have everything from television shows to our phone to computers to music to people always in our lives. And again, that's not a bad thing. It's just a thing. It's our world. It's where we live. It's not that we shut all of those things off all the time or curse technology. That's not it. But God, may we learn how, like Samuel... When your voice begins to speak, we learn to turn other things down, and say, "I'm here. Speak to me." And Father, if we will learn how to discipline ourselves and how, in a way, to pause and to listen, I believe, I know, that you will speak. May that not be a strange occurrence in our life? May it be normal. Will we get it wrong sometimes? Sure. We follow our emotions too much, yes. Some of us are wired that way, but that's okay. We're learning. We're growing. We're maturing. And Father, if there's ever a time that we need your voice, it is now. We have decisions in front of us. We have relationships in front of us. We've got financial issues in front of us. We've got marital problems. We've got child problems. We've got health problems. We've got problems. And we need wisdom, and we need your voice. May we hear you, and may we respond to you. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you have an incredible day. Thank you so much for being with us. We'll see you.